0: I'm called the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Yo, oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzlecast, today's the day we got Marvel Studios' Black Widow official teaser trailer. Just one week before Wonder Woman trailer is coming out. A preview of how glorious next spring is going to be. I'm doing a Bizzlecast quickie here where we watch the trailer together and talk about it. But, of course, I needed... Giant Star uh, Star Wars, Giant Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow fan like myself, Papa Bizzle, Papa B. We have been excited about this since before it was even announced. You sent me an amazing text after you saw it. So, welcome to the podcast. And before we watch the trailer together, let me know your level of excitement right now. Welcome. About 12 and a half. Yeah, 12 and a half out of 10. And it's just going to grow when we get the actual trailer. Right. Um, So, guys, so, uh, uh, Dad, I know this is the shocker of the century, but uh, the Black Widow trailer, like all Avengers trailers, is at 10 million (laughs) views after less than half a day. Uh, deserves it yeah, it deserves hasn't it. broken the internet you know but again it's not the final Star Wars or Avengers episode nothing is this is the Avengers movie dad as I have talked about extensively May 1st 2020 podcast uh, next spring this is the Avengers slot this is literally the slot that only Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America Civil War which is basically an Avengers movie they're all the big team up movies have all been in May and the first solo movie in May since Iron Man is going to be our girl Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow. So guys, uh, go to YouTube and queue up the trailer. I'm going to do the 3-2-1 countdown. Me and my dad are going to watch together. Um, we'll probably mostly just be watching and squealing and excited and so forth. But my my, my, my only question before we start that, and then we'll do you 10-15 know, minutes afterwards, is how much of your excitement after this is uh, just uh, because of how great the trailer was and how much of it is just the fact that we got a trailer And it's reminding us how soon it is Well, you know, my um,
1: My anticipatory uh, uh, Excitement about the movie Has been sky high since, you know They, they announced it um, I didn't know what to expect from The, the trailer, but uh, The trailer was spectacular I think it was spect- just spectacular So um, I'm just more uh, Confident than ever that yep. uh, This movie's going to be You know, off the hook
0: I mean, if we were different people, you might be rolling your eyes before this trailer going, how many assassin movies with Scarlett Johansson can we get? And they keep getting better and better. Uh, so why don't we watch the trailer together here, Dad? Okay. Um, so, guys, that starts right at zero, and we're already looking. I guess this is Russia, Dad? I don't know what that statue and river is before I count. I believe down. it's uh, it's Budapest oh which is the hawkeye that's that's where she was converted by hawkeye and i've been telling you based on zero inside knowledge that jeremy renner will for sure be in this film uh because how much they reference budapest their friendship and the fact that he he turns her um Also, guys, if you don't know, this takes place after Civil War and before the Avengers movies. That, as you know, me and Matt and other contributors predicted slash hoped that this movie would take place after Winter Soldier. Um, But it's basically the same thing after Civil War, uh, where she wants to get rid of some of the red in her ledger and is a full good guy, as we see here. So, okay, guys, I'm going to count from three to one. I'm going to say go. um, And uh, we're going to watch this trailer, and then we're going to talk about it. You ready, Papa B? All set. Three two one go all right Budapest supposedly looking in the mirror Scarlett Johansson they have to age her because she's ageless like they're doing you know uh, there's a shot from Ultron um, oh yeah that's the shot from Civil War this is the shot from Avengers that's the Winter Soldier Winter Soldier
1: oh oh, I see She, she's reflecting about her past yep life
0: now you, you've become a christopher nolan batman convert but we still love winter soldier the best of all the avengers movies i think yes because we love team cap and team cap is scarlet and uh and cap okay william hurt who i normally don't like he's already sounding more alive and awake than ever in his few lines here <laughs> he normally sounds like he's sleepwalking okay yeah. this is great i knew that this russian woman was her sister but the intro here is awesome this is exactly yeah. what the Romanovs would do yeah, Is that what we are? This, one, this woman is not Russian, by the way. Great accent. Boom. Boom. Already. Knife fight.
1: Yeah, it's a great fight scene.
0: I mean, Scar just said this is going to have more fighting than the Winter Soldier, and who am I to doubt her? They look like sisters, or at least cousins. Yeah, They definitely do. All right, they here's Motorcycle. Do. We love them on the motorcycle. Mm. This music is amazing, by the way. It's, it's reminiscent of like a Wonder Woman-esque thing. All right, we got helicopters. She's in a white super suit, and then we got another super suit. here's the assassin training. We're going to get flashbacks. Oh man, that that's yeah. Rumlow. I think that's Rumlow. Oh. Oh, this guy. So I, I didn't know about this guy other than stranger things. <laughs> Still fits. Yeah. Rachel Weiss. Oh, Rachel Weiss. Rachel
1: I've Weiss. seen him in a lot of stuff, but I've never seen him in a comic role. You got Fets.
0: Oh, look at Scarlett. She's so cute. Yeah, I, I I think that's Rumlow. I could be wrong. Rumlow's dead, though. Oh, yes. Look at this. Oh, look at how real man. this looks. I mean, this looks as real as anything in the Avengers. And look at the bl- the art. This is straight from the comic books. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful. Nope, you don't even need a stinger. You don't even need a stinger. May 2020. I don't know why they didn't say May 1st, 2020. I guess this is standard to just give the month and the date. But we know it's May 1st, 2020. Right. So um, thoughts about the trailer. What what stood out to you?
1: I think um, I think the director, who's a woman director from, I yep. think she's Australian.
0: She's a Jewish I, 40-something Australian director.
1: Oh, my goodness. Huh. Well, I just thought the trailer was beautifully directed and, and assembled. And uh, I love that they gave us a little glimpse of the brand of humor that yep. they're going to use in it. Because I mm-hmm. thought it was very organic. The humor wasn't forced. I thought it was hysterical. Um, I mean, so you've seen I the guy
0: him. from, from uh, uh, Stranger Things. I had not seen him. He got an insane reaction at, at Nerd Fest, uh, A.K.A. Comic Con, because of, of Stranger Things, and like, what? What a perfect addition to it. I, um, I think I first
1: really began to know who he was in a miniseries on TV called Manhattan, which was about the Manhattan Project. Uh-huh. Um, during during the war and uh, he was a a heavy semi uh a heavy semi bad guy scientist who was spectacular. I love this. I don't know if anybody else in the world loved this miniseries, but I thought it was great. I was hoping it would be renewed. They didn't renew it for a second season, But the way. it's terrific. He was terrific in it. So that's where I first came okay. to know him maybe eight, eight, nine years ago.
0: I had figured you would know who he was because of television, and I was worried you were going to say you're not a fan of his. I'm thrilled that you're a fan of his.
1: Yeah, big big fan. And, and from what I see, the way they use him in this, it's terrific.
0: So, you know, my big fear was that they were going to try and bring Robert Downey Jr. in. He's rumored that Tony Stark's going to be in this, but I think it's just going to be for five minutes, like an Obi-Wan Kenobi thing in Star Wars, and, you know, they want to get people psyched in the trailers. Personally, as you know, Captain America, I think, makes more sense and would get more people excited at this point, It doesn't mean that's not going to happen. So other than Hawkeye, and we love Renner, and thank God Disney didn't ditch him, uh, side note. Disney finally did it right you know with uh, supposed accusations they did their research and Jeremy Renner is apparently still a good guy um, I'm not going to say anything about his ex-wife um, but apparently he is the great parent we, we think he is and uh, we're, we're definitely going to get him with the Budapest shot their dad which I, again I didn't know that was Budapest that's confirmation we're going to get Hawkeye because that's their big thing is Budapest but other than yeah. Hawkeye would you agree that Captain America was both would make the most sense to, of the Avengers to be in this and is the one we would like the most because of team cap yeah i think it makes a a lot of sense that they did it It feels it feels very natural i think one of the reasons they would use tony though is i think people are still sad about his death and cap had a very happy ending going back with peggy um and so you know what i mean like i think it's almost it's almost like a um a therapy thing you know to get tony stark in it But do you think it'll be uh, anything more than a cameo? No. Because remember, this takes place after Civil War. And if you guys recall, so dad, you know, they they revealed before the movie who was going to be on Team Cap and who was going to be on Team Stark. And I was flabbergasted and extremely upset ahead of that movie that Natasha was going to be on Stark, but I was more flabbergasted because she so clearly was turned by Cap to be a super good guy, and they had really? formed such a great relationship, and they're fighting together, in the movie... And you're thinking this has to be an act by her, and of course it turns out to be the case. And in the end, she does flip against Stark, and Stark admits she sh- he should have never trusted her. And she embedded herself, even you know, right. she embedded herself in Team Stark because she's a spy, right? we I mean, we got to talk about this. She's an assassin, right. but she's also a spy. Um, sh- you know, she infiltrated a- at the end of Winter Soldier in that amazing turn with the you know Mission Impossible mask, and she embedded herself with Team Stark so that she could help her her buddy Cap and you know Scarlet Witch and hawkeye all her friends and teammates uh, at moment of need and and so that actually ended up working out better than i i had thought um let's start there uh you watched Winter soldier with me recently um and you haven't seen civil war in a while i'm sure you remember some of it how do you feel about this taking place after civil war and before the recent avengers movies that that would be the time that you would go back to russia
1: Yeah, I think I'm. I'm glad that they chose that historical period. I think it's going to be great to to watch her operate in in that in that period.
0: Mm. Um, So uh, I will say, Dad, uh, a little quick bizzle back padding here Um, in my May first, 2020 podcast. Uh, I predicted that they would get rid of the horrible uh, Ike Perlmutter at at, uh, Marvel Comics and hand all the control over to Kevin Feige. And it happened like three weeks later, uh, which is great. Um, It was great. And I'm sure that well, Kevin Feige has been in charge of the MCU from the beginning, he's got to be thrilled that this is the film that's going to essentially... I mean, Spider-Man technically launched Phase 4, but this is really the launch. Of Phase Four, let me ask you this, Dad. You know, it's interesting that Avengers: um, Infinity War, the third, the second to last Avengers movie from two years ago, um, did very well. Obviously, at two billion. Um, But as predicted, the final one, uh, Endgame, did three billion. Is now the highest-grossing movie worldwide of all time. I should mention The Force Awakens. Star Wars is still the highest domestic movie and might never be beaten. But worldwide, Avengers: Four and Game the final movie three billion um, and that it's it's I don't think it's I co- I don't think it's just because it was the last one and it was like Return of the King final battle I think it's because it focused on the original six Avengers um, right uh, plus sort of what what I would consider the original nine which includes uh, well no Vision wasn't in it but Scarlet Witch was essentially one of the originals because she was an Ultron um, mm. and uh, and we'll have to talk about my Elizabeth Olsen prediction and the fact that she's like the lead of, of their going forward at a different podcast. Um, uh, and Ant-Man, right? Paul Rudd was introduced very early, and so he's sort of one of the semi-originals. But the original six of Hawkeye, net Cap, Iron Man, Hulk, and Thor um, were the centerpiece. They were the ones on the press tour, along with Captain Marvel, Paul Rudd, and a couple other people. And it's not a coincidence that it was $3 million with those originals. So my question to you is... Uh, w- it, it, obviously everyone's excited and we're super excited for this movie do you think it's a mistake to to start their next like three phases or what i'm calling act two with a prequel with a character who's dead in the main canon as opposed to you know brand new characters uh, or recently introduced characters like black panther and, and captain marvel
1: well, you know, I've a of a very biased uh view of this whole this whole project. I, I don't really care. I mean, I'm just I'm just so happy that they're doing a solo movie with with her mm-hmm. which which she's deserved for so long and I, you know, I prefer the solos to to the team-ups. So, um, you know, I'm I'm just I'm just ecstatic that they're that they're doing this this one.
0: No, you don't. Other than the winner, other than Captain America, what which solos do you prefer more? Uh
1: I don't know. i have DC to go
0: DC solos we prefer Wonder Woman and Batman, because DC in general yes. is more about individuals, but the X Men movies are team up. Guardians of the Galaxy is a team up. Black Panther was essentially a team up. In um, all the Captain America movies, you know, he's got Falcon and Nat in uh, in Winter Soldier. Civil War is obviously Avengers level with all the characters. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to question your opinion, but I think looking at the movies, if I say the best ones are the four Avengers movies, Winter Soldier, The First Guardians, and Black Panther, I'm not sure you would disagree with me on that. But as as
1: films, as opposed to superhero movies, I really... Prefer the smaller casts like Logan and this one, right?
0: And, and and if Taika Waititi had been able to stick the landing on Thor Ragnarok, which was like Winter Soldier, you know, exactly. and Thor called it, you know, called them the Revengers you know, his sort of <laughs> yeah. mini team with Hulk and Tessa Thompson and so forth. Yeah. You know the first two acts of that film are great it, for that same reason where you have a main character who draws other people to be their teammates right Winter Soldier right. was still a Captain America study but let's talk about Winter Soldier dad people were already liking Natasha after she was terribly introduced because of the writing in, in Iron Man 2 which is considered one of the worst uh, um, of the Marvel movies um, but after Avengers where she was sort of the one she recruits banner she's the one who brings hawkeye out of the mind control her and cap start working together at the end you can see all the chemistry you know and with the glue and you know it took some people until the final movie when she's running the avengers right to realize that she's actually the glue as much or more than cap but it wasn't until winter soldier that people totally totally fell in love with natasha romanoff as a co-lead let's be honest of all the solo movies Cap has the two with a female co-lead. Haley Atwell, who you might have heard me talk about before Papa Bizzle, and is now <laughs> going to be the co-lead of the final two Mission Impossible movies with a guy named Tom Cruise, who you might have heard of before. Um, yep. So I talked about Haley Atwell uh, occasionally in the first Cap movie, and, but even more so as a co-lead in terms of screen time and importance um, was Natasha in The Winter Soldiers. So having watched Winter Soldier movie recently, and it's one of our favorite, if not favorite, Marvel movies, um, what was it about... Winter Soldier and Nat in, in, in it. Uh, that that was that was so endearing. Uh, about who in it? About Natasha. About Scarlett oh, Johansson oh. with Chris Evans and, and Winter Soldier. Well, again, I'm just so biased. I just love
1: watching her. Anything she's in, Ghost mm-hmm. in the Shell, whatever, whatever. I mean, yep. I just I, 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 she's just one of my. T- Favorite favorites.
0: Can I give you the, the, my theory um, uh-huh. about it? And this is my theory also about Wonder Woman and Jin Erso. Um, let me start with Jin Erso in Rogue One because that's my favorite movie and uh, well, my favorite genre movie. Obviously, I talk about it all the time. And uh, by the way, Dad. Uh, it was Jedi Geek Girl, um, and, and also Kyle from The Sina Continues, who told me that every Star Wars movie is in 4K UHD on Disney+. Oh, and man. I watched back-to-back in the background while I was editing uh, Force Awakens and Rogue One, which were the two that we were specifically talking about. Why don't they have in 4K? And yes. Force Awakens looks good, but you know that is already looking dated in terms of special effects. Rogue One it doesn't expose the special effects, it looks even better, as does Empire Strikes Back by the way, Empire Strikes Back looks great in 4K, Um, it's amazing what Lucas did, and of course Rogue One being the spiritual successor to Empire in terms of aesthetic, being a war movie, darkness, etc, etc, etc but you know that as I talk about in my um, podcast with Simi Klimo, is in the original pre-reshoots of Rogue One they had written Felicity's character Jin Erso as too much of a hard-ass emotionless, you know, um, Cold right. blooded, and right. one of the major things they did was to warm, warmth, warm, warm eyes, warm eyes, um, her <laughs> and Cassian. But specifically, we know, Dad, you and I, how cute and sweet Felicity Jones is in in real life. And so they did the smart thing for both the character and the actress in the movie in making Jin Erso, as I say, cute and sexy. And yeah, so, so that, that was smart. So to, so to go to in Wonder Woman, immediately they make Gal Gadot cute. And it helps they start with you know little Diana, but immediately she's cute as well as sexy. And the best parts of Wonder Woman when they're in London, character wise, how adorable she is with the ice cream and the baby, yeah. right? And yeah. trying on the clothes with Lucy Davis. And, um, and, and well, but but you know the most appealing thing about
1: her overall and about that movie is that her her over the top level of emotional intelligence. And so she's loved, so empathetic and yes. sensitive, and you know, yeah, as, all of that.
0: Right? You you talk about this um, in our Martian podcast. That I always reference uh, about empathy factor, um, yeah. and uh, you know, um, and it, we talked generally in the Martian about all of the main characters' emotional intelligence and empathy factor. Right, right. And that's why they were willing to literally risk everything in the space program to save this one guy. Um, you know, as, as Sean Bean says uh, when he's fighting with, um, with, uh, with Daniels, he says, No, you're wrong. This is about just one man. Um, yes. And we're going to see that in the Black Widow movie. Um, you know, that it's about individuals. It's not always about these apocalyptic wars with the, you know, giant Avengers team. My point being was, at the turning point in Winter Soldier, whether it was her trying to find dates for, you know, Lillian from accounting uh, with the lip ring, yeah, I'm not ready for that. Um, as they <laughs> kick Jasper Sitwell off the roof, you know. Um, right. And he goes, get to, the op- get to the operating room and then find me a date. Uh, and that, of course, is the shot from the trailer from Winter Soldier that we love and we both geeked out on, where she ropes herself down four levels of the ship while shooting guys. With with yeah. two hands, um, but my point is, by the time they're eating pancakes with Anthony Mackie and talking about Hydra, uh, she's so cute, and, and the, the the turn in the writing for her is a <laughs> long way of getting around this compared to uh, with uh, with Jin and Diana is they were like, we already know Scarlett Johansson is sexy, and we already know she can act her face off both dramatically and action wise, but why don't we make her cute? Because dad, again, I don't like to, you know. <laughs> I don't like to assume what people's personalities are like, but as we've seen Elizabeth Olsen now do all the talk shows, Scarlet's pretty private, but she seems like she is sort of cute and sweet personality in real life. And so, again, like with Felicity in Rogue One, let me ask you, would you agree with me that sort of making her cute and focusing on her cuteness and empathy factor as opposed to just her being sexy badass was the, the huge move um, that, that really drew people to her and was first manifested in The Winter Soldier?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's just so, it's so obviously smart to, to, to make that kind of a character more three-dimensional, um, which they they did in, in a terrific way. So yeah, it's very appealing.
0: Uh, really quickly, uh, director Kate Shoreland is 51 from New South Wales, Australia. She's a convert to Judaism when she married Tony Kravitz in 2009, who's a huh. filmmaker, and they've adopted two children together. Nice. Um, this is only her fourth film. Um, but I, that, I, and then I'm going to ask you two or three specific questions about ScarJo and Black Widow and I'll let you go um uh, 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 uh. I, I don't think it's a stretch that Scarlett Johansson had, quote, input on both the director and the writer of this movie. I don't think she did or was interested in writing it herself, but to think that a Jewish director and Rachel Weiss and so forth, uh, not to mention the other characters who look amazing, David Harbour, who we talked about, to think that it, it seems impossible that Scarlett didn't have input, is what I'm saying, right?
1: You know, I think uh, the best directors and the best actors have a lot of in- interaction on a day-to-day basis in terms of refining and evolving a a, a script it just it happens just so much
0: yep um what do we make that between Gwyneth Paltrow uh Scarlett Johansson Gal Gadot and so forth we have an insane amount of Jewish female superheroes did you see that growing up when you were watching Batman Adam West on television
1: no yeah no Uh uh-uh
0: did not um I think we can also say we're 12 out of 10 excited about seeing Rachel Weisz in any kind of big movie, but especially this as looking like a best buddy good guy was uh, maybe the glue of the team uh, uh, as would make sense with her. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's so exciting to have her in this film, and I, I just hope that uh, she has a lot of screen time and a, a lot of lines because yeah. she's the
0: best. And, and you know, during Comic Con, during the panel, and then the photo shoots, like every single time you, we saw, we'd see the cast together of Black Widow. You, you were seeing the two girls, you were seeing Rachel Weiss and Scarlett, like whispering and smiling to each other. So I think this was another case of, of Kevin Feige being sitting down with Scarlett and being like, "Okay, darling, you know, give me a list of people you." You might like to have in this movie i'm pretty sure rachel weiss was on the top of that list you'd think and, you know, the age thing is important. Like, for example, uh, Haley Steinfeld talked a lot about how close she is with Sophie Turner, the redhead from Game of Thrones and X-Men. Um, mm-hmm. They've been friends for a long time. Some people even attribute Sophie Turner's marriage to Joe Jonas uh, to Haley Steinfeld uh, because uh, uh, they are longtime friends. And so the generational oh, wow. thing is, is is very important. So we're excited about that. Okay, couple more questions. I'll let you go. Thank you so much. Um, first question... Um, uh, What Um, In terms of okay, So this is a prequel dad but we're definitely going to see Like an Ultron shots of her Horrible assassin training where they sterilize her And brain try to brainwash her yeah. So uh, between those sort of Two time periods What's something you would love to, to, to see Big or small with the character We know the ass kicking is going to be great We know we're going to see lots of retrospection And, and growth what, what would you like to see
1: Well, I mean, I'm a big fan of um, international intrigue. So if there's, you know, Russian uh, KGB kind of stuff or anything like that would would be very appealing.
0: Which I think is for sure happening um, because she was trained and brainwashed and sterilized by the KGB. Yeah. uh, I had already mentioned Hawkeye, so we don't have to say that that's something we're hoping for to happen. But it has right. to happen with the flashback because that's you know in the best time travel movies, the the present and and or future and or past end up converging essentially. Whether it's Donnie Darko or Terminator or whatever, like in every Terminator movie, the John Connor time loop starts um, wrapping into itself. Right. Um, Right. And we see that in Donnie Darko, of course, as well, where you're not sure if it's the past or the present in Donnie Darko. uh, so um, I think that's the way to end this movie. Is showing the because we're going to see her that she's already emotionally growth in sort of the quote unquote present of this movie, right? And so seeing her growth and turn to the good guys from the KGB by specifically Hawkeye, uh, Clint Barton in Budapest would be great. Um, okay, that would be great. One yeah, or two more. Um, are we concerned that this is not rated R in terms of the violence? Yeah, a little.
1: A little. I think uh, we certainly would have preferred it be rated R, um, in terms of everything, language and action. Um, but hopefully, they you know they'll push the envelope on it. It'll, yep. it'll, it'll be almost there.
0: I mean, what's weird, Dad, is the Russo's first movie was, of course, Winter Soldier. Um, That was way back in 2014 That was when the MCU was starting to really rocket to stardom After Avengers 1, before Avengers 2 That was when Cap became the Captain America we all know and love Natasha became the Natasha we all know and love Was by far the most violent and action-packed of all the movies And we haven't seen anything like that since Where they're afraid to kill anybody yeah. Um, but you look at Star Wars, you look at The Mandalorian on, on, the, the, on Disney+, Plus. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Stranger Things, which has dethroned Stranger Things after like four years of dominance by Stranger Things as the most binged watch show. Um, it's okay. We can talk about that some other time. But he's murdering and, and vaporizing people constantly, even if he's a good guy. Um, you know, Joss Whedon famously would kill good guys and bad guys in Firefly all the time, but as soon as he started working with Disney and the Avengers, he couldn't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but Firefly was on network television, and Serenity was a PG-13 movie and my comparison was going to be Rogue One in The Last Jedi, there's tons of murdering of good guys and bad guys so if Star Wars can get away with it and Winter Soldier can get away with it at PG-13 we have to think in the Black Widow movie and I think with all the gunplay we already seen it's going to happen, It doesn't, it's not even about the blood, that right? Because right. Batman, the Dark Knight movies don't have tons of blood, but they're still brutally violent
1: yeah, and I and I just like the the R-rated language more, so that that that'll I'll, I'll miss that.
0: Right They can get away With that a little bit or they, little can, bit. they can finesse it And have a lot of shits um, Right uh, And maybe even some Like female body parts Stuff with all the women In it would be oh. great I would huh. love some Like I know this sounds weird But I would love Some like menstruation jokes Between Natasha And her sister the, the, <laughs> You know Like some real Female dirty humor Which we never right. get Um right. It's always Because even when the, the girls have humor Like, like Scar Jo It's like she's one Of the guys You know um, right. So I, it's clear This is going to be Oh, this was my my final question for you was. Well, wait, wait, wait. So sticking uh, with that point, yes. you, you made me think of, of it's a pitch perfect uh, humor where it's all
1: that. They're constantly that moving
0: their boobs around and fixing yeah. their boobs. And, yeah. and Anna Kendrick is attracted to all. You know, she's attracted to Britney Snow. She's attracted to the gorgeous right. but androgynous German wo- woman in the second one. Anna Kendrick had been pushing, as I thought would happen, that her and Britney Snow would have a romance of some sort in the third movie. And they nixed that, which was a big mistake. That would have been awesome. Yeah um and you know and and ak is like me in real life and we're very heterosexual but we're very open about how hot we think people from our same sex are uh which i think is most people people are just afraid to talk about it for obvious reasons so i would love the female humor here yep um so here's my question dad is Wonder Woman could have Could have turned off both men and women For different reasons It could have turned off women because she was too sexy And too quote unquote sexualized Which we don't agree with And think that was the case And it could have been too much of a female empowerment movie And turned off men and that wasn't the case So is this going to be not only The second big And by the way dad I want to point out how interesting it is That relative unknown Gal Gadot And they've never done a Wonder Woman movie And the disaster that's been the DCEU Interesting that the first major female superhero movie was Wonder Woman uh, before Black Widow But I think we can agree that I'm glad they waited for Black Widow um, It's just a little glaring So my question is, do you think this is because everyone already loves this character and she's such a badass That like Rey and Jen in the Star Wars movies, there's not going to be a question about gender Even if they make gender jokes, there's not going to be a question about this being a quote-unquote woke m- or Me Too movie
1: Right. No, I I think it it, it won't be as potentially controversial as Wonder Woman one was, uh, because what they did with the female superhero in that movie was, to me, it was pretty groundbreaking. The kind of superhuman, superhumanistic person that that they they, they made her in that in that movie. And I thought that was that was really bold and and brave the the way they they Mm -hmm. did that. I don't think they're going to be pushing it. Um, in, in that direction in this movie. I think this will be more more the kind of action superhero movie that the people expect.
0: All right. Well, a couple quick nuggets uh, and then I'll let you go. Um, yeah. Look, <laughs> Dad, I don't think it's a coincidence that Joss Whedon, who did the first two Avengers movies and the Russos, who did Winter Soldier Civil War and the final two Avengers movies were clearly the be- ones who wrote the best for Natasha in all those movies, right? It's That's not a right. coincidence. Um. And, you know, Joss, because it was only two movies, was able to introduce how cute and sexy, but awesome and complicated she was. But the Russos with the Winter Soldier, as we talked about, and then the Avengers, Final Avengers movies, were able to go a long way. Um, it's not a secret, Dad, that the original casting was supposed to be Emily Blunt um, for Black Widow. And if you guys have seen Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt can totally kick fucking ass. Oh, yeah. And we would have totally fallen in love with her because she's, she's more like Jennifer Lawrence in real life and being very open, you know, with the public and her and Krasinski are cute and she's she's very much an open, cute personality so she would have been loved on and off screen just like Scarlett, even though this this worked out great, um, but I will say that as my my um, final thing, and then I want to give you final thoughts we'll close up is, I've said in the past that I thought Kevin Feige and or Disney were the ones who were putting on the brakes for this or wanted to hold off, but I'm way wrong on that and should have done my research. Starting a year at plus before Ultron in February 2014 Um, which was before Winter Soldier, but they had seen Winter Soldier. I think what happened was Feige saw how great she was in Winter Soldier. Feige was already planning a Black Widow movie. I know it was five years mm. ago, and it will be six by the time it comes out, but Feige was a, a major proponent of this, um, and and he said after Civil War, specific, specifically, that they were planning on a Black Widow movie, but they had already, you know, planned all their movies, including the Captain Marvel introduction and Guardians 2 and Thor 2 and the Avengers movies. They had already planned that by, you know, 2015, or I should say 2016, He said it was going to be four or five years away. Luckily, it ended up being only four years away um, after Civil War. So... Props to Kevin Feige, he deserved yes. the promotion, and even more so, he begged Lucasfilm to direct a Star Wars movie, not be in charge of it, just direct it, because he's one of the biggest Star Wars fans on the planet. So God bless Kevin Feige for all of the above. So final thoughts about this, oh really quickly, um, Wonder Woman. I know I'm a little bit more excited than Wonder Woman than this, which will be a different podcast, and you're more excited about Black Widow. Um, but without comparisons, and we know on Sunday she's going to be in Brazil, Dad, actually doing a live comic type thing in brazil um at uh, like 12 uh 3 30 our time on sunday is gal and patty and so forth and that's when they're going to re- so they're going to release the trailer with her there which is awesome um mm. internationally at the same time so what are your thoughts about wonder woman uh, uh, 2 um at, at this point
1: well look at no one was a bigger wonder woman one fan than, than i i was yeah. i mean i was just totally overboard in love with that film and what um patty and the, her crew did and so we've known now for a long time that there's going to be a, a wonder woman too yeah. and with her in charge i mean i really haven't had any apprehension about that it's going to be at least as good a, a, as one so it's never been really much a, of an issue for me versus this movie which I, I you know i'll confess i was holding my breath a little bit about because i, I had such high expectations for it but now that i've seen the trailer I, i'm not holding my breath anymore i think this is just going to be the best
0: yeah, I, I, look, I, uh, the, the the advantage of Nata- of Black Widow is she's really established within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but I would say Dad, and then we'll close it up, the advantage of Wonder Woman 2 is that, you know, while she's technically part of the Justice League, which didn't do very well, although I like a lot, and she was the best part. Obviously, um, they've made it very clear that they are going to let Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot have a Wonder Woman universe that is not dependent on Batman, who's being changed, or any of the other characters. We know there's Aquaman too, but we haven't gotten a Flash movie, and so all the other Justice League characters are either being recast or on ice in terms of whatever. And this takes place again in the past, you know, 1984 during the Cold War. I think you're going to love the Cold War stuff. You're going to love uh, see yes, yes. You're going to love that it's in a third world country, probably Africa stuff. Yep. You're going to love the dual villains of Kristen Wiig and uh, Pedro Pascal who of course is the Mandalorian and was one of the highlights um, uh, among many great actors on Game of Thrones um, is going to be great. They're going to work in Chris Pine somehow, maybe as flashbacks or, or so forth. Um, we love Patty Jenkins' um, direction and we know that after the fact that the best parts of Wonder Woman were all Patty Jenkins and some of the problems with it were DC pushing things on her and now yep. she has full writing and directorial control. Um, but because it's still the second movie and they're not tied to this DCEU which is not even being used that term anymore it's going to feel really fresh and I think already while I'm going to love Natasha and Black Widow I'm tiring of the Marvel Cinematic Universe whereas having a Wonder Woman universe that's only loosely tied to the rest of DC mixed with my excitement about the Batverse uh, that's coming with Pattinson you know we got Zoe Kravitz as as, uh, Catwoman uh, you know we got Jeffrey Wright uh, we've got Andy Serkis playing Alfred, by the way, Dad, Andy Serkis is going to be great um, and and so forth, which I know you're excited about Um, and and so, you know uh, and and it's so different whereas, you know, Black Widow, like Winter Soldier Dad, we're going to end up comparing to The Dark Knight, Let's, you know, I I think that's that's a thing Um, and so that's why, let's put it this way I think there's a better chance that Black Widow is going to be a 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 than Wonder Woman but I think Wonder Woman has a higher ceiling because it's not tied down to something, is my feeling Right. So, okay. Well, thank you so much for being on. Uh, We'll do a follow up. Uh, Sorry, guys, about the Daredevil commentaries. Uh, We might get back to that uh, hopefully one of these days. We got Vikings tomorrow, that I know you're excited yes we do it looks very bloody and Game of thrones to me but I'm gonna give it a try nonetheless <laughs> okay but The Witcher is what I'm waiting for so we will see and then uh, oh well so we'll do a Witcher podcast when that drops and then we'll do uh, Star Wars one as well which we'll see at opening weekend so okay yeah. thank you Bob right. the Bizzle thank you listeners may the force be with you but for now The Bizzle Cast is out